Well, welcome back this evening. When Pastor asked me this afternoon if I would bring the devotion tonight, I thought about a couple of things, and God laid a couple of things on my heart. But one thing I did want to do was I wanted to mention um, Bangladesh. And I, you've heard me mention this a lot. A few weeks ago, Pastor came to me wanted to talk with me after Wednesday night service and showed me a text that Brother Randy Chauvin had uh, texted him. And they were looking for someone. <clears throat> they had asked Brother Randy to teach pastors and workers in Bangladesh. Now, in the email, he said when he was thinking about it, and I keep hitting my phone here because there's something here that I want to share with you from one of, the, one of my contacts over there in Bangladesh. Um, he said that as he prayed on it, being as he couldn't do the work himself because he's busy traveling and all that, he said one name came to his mind, and that was mine. And one pastor gave that to me, and I prayed over it a couple of days, and I talked with Holly. I thought, there's no way. I, I'm not worthy to do this. I'm not educated enough. I'm not, I'm really not qualified to, but for some reason, Jesus wanted me into that position. God wanted me there. Well, I contacted a gentleman by the name of Halal Ghazi in Bangladesh, and he's the leader of this group of pastors that um, is, they're like sponges over there. They're soaking everything up that they can. Um, he sent me statistics for Bangladesh, and that's what I have here. They have more than 180 million people in Bangladesh. According to the, the global ranking, they are ranked eighth largest nation in the world. 180 million people. The religion breakdown, the demographics there in Bangladesh, is... 90.4% Islam. They are Muslim. And my the interpreter that translates for me, I call him my interrupter because that's what, what we do. I preach a little bit, he interrupts and translates it. Um, he came and was saved out of a Muslim family. So... We need to understand, well, what's that mean? That means that they have put their lives on the line. Because in the Muslim religion, if you, if you convert out of the Muslim religion, you've signed a death warrant. We're infidels to them. They believe their way is the only way, and everyone else, according to the Quran, needs to be killed. <clears throat> Hinduism is the next largest religion 
in Bangladesh with 8.5%. That's just like these people right down the street here. That Sikh tem temple practices Hinduism. Buddhism, 0.6%. Christianity, and this meaning Catholics, Mormons, uh, what the world calls Christian, is 0.4%. Blood-bought, born-again believers is 0.1% right now. Friday night, this last Friday night at 11 p.m. our time, Thursday night, thank you, Holly, Thursday night our time, and I, I thank God for Holly because she sat up with me as I taught my first class. We had 25 people in that class, and they sent me a list of questions or a list of topics that they want to explore. And the very first one, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? So my first class was part one of who is Jesus. And I had so many different ways I wanted to go, but God's will rules out every time. If we just give ourselves to God and let him direct our paths, he makes everything perfect. And people understood. And it's interesting hearing people around the world, 11 p.m. Thursday night, our time, which is 12 noon in Bangladesh. So, and what was, what was a one-hour class turned into a two-hour class through interpretation and that. But... Hearing, hearing 25 people, uh, men, around the, on the other side of the world just saying amen and praising Jesus for who he is, knowing that at any time the government can come in and wipe them all out. That's, that's a blessing. It's very humbling, Pastor. Thursday, again, Satan tried to stop it. I called Holly on the phone. I was in tears. I said, Holly, I'm not worthy. I can't, I shouldn't be doing this. But then God gave me a peace. He said, Bill, if I didn't want you to do it, I wouldn't have suggested your name. And that's what I want to speak on tonight, is, is God calling us? So let's pray real quick. Our text tonight, I want to read that first, is going to be Romans chapter 10. Our main text will be Romans chapter 10. And we'll begin in verse number 13. <clears throat> Change that. Let's go up to verse number 11. We'll begin in verse 11. Romans 10, verse 11. And God's word says, For the scripture saith, 
Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then, verse 17, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I ask that you still my heart, and Lord, that you help me to recall those things that you've laid on my heart. Father, I pray that tonight your word will reign supreme. Father, you've assured us that your word will not come back void. Father, if there's one amongst us tonight that doesn't know you, I ask that they will come to your saving grace and knowledge tonight. Father, maybe you're working with someone's heart to serve you in a special way. Father, I pray that you give them liberty to move tonight and come and accept your challenge to ministry. Father, hide me behind your cross. Let me speak now with boldness and authority. Forgive me anywhere I failed you, Lord. And Father, let it be your words that come out of my mouth. I ask these things in the name of Jesus. And for Christ's sake, I do pray. Amen. Paul is speaking to the Romans here. And as I was reading this passage, a couple of questions I noticed. One, there's two parts to these questions. And the first part is, how shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? This world today is doing everything it can to take Jesus out of it. You see, we, when we were at camp this last uh, couple of weeks ago, Pastor Jim from Wagon Wheel was preaching on Wednesday night. And I loved hearing all the different preachers. Monday we had Brother Larry, if I remember right. He spoke about the plague of the frogs in Egypt. And he related those frogs to different sins in our lives. And if you ever wanted to see Satan attack people for spreading the name of Jesus, it happened up there at that camp. You see, 
On the way up there, Brother Larry had uh, two tires on his trailer blow out. So one of the wagon wheel people stayed back with him. They got new tires, and they finally made it up. And he brought a wonderful, a wonderful devotion about the frogs in Egypt. And the next night, that Tuesday, his wife had her accident where she shattered her arm. And Brother Larry had to leave. And so Brother Jimmy, Pastor Jim's son, who came from Colorado, he brought a message about how everything in this world is trying to remove Jesus. How our kids are under attack by the lessons they're learning in schools. By the very video games that they're playing. And the TV shows and movies that are being brought out. I mean, you've got Movies out there that Disney is producing, like the new Buzz Lightyear movie that's showing woman-on-woman scenes. I'm sorry, that's not scriptural. That's not what God wants. God made one man, one woman. Not two women, not two men, but one man, one woman. And for those young people that someday might contemplate marriage, number one, make sure and set the standard now. Make sure that they are a blood-bought, born-again child of God. Because you could be the world's strongest Christian. You could be the world's strongest young lady in Christ or man, young man. Sure, as you're sitting here, the Bible tells us not to be unequally yoked. That's because God knows that chances are they're going to pull you down. That's what it does. That's what sin does. That's what Satan wants. He wants Jesus out of the picture. As a matter of fact, you hear it all the time. When brother, when Pastor Jim got up to speak, he was talking about one song that, that a lot of churches sing. They just keep singing, I believe, I believe, I believe. What do you believe in? Well, I believe in God. Okay? Praise God. I'm glad you do. But I want you to understand, God tells us the demons believe in God, and tremble. Our salvation has to come through Jesus Christ. That's what Paul is reminding the Romans of here. It says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What's the name of the Lord, folks? Jesus. Go up, to, or go up a couple of verses to verse number 9. It says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth that the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, 
thou shalt be saved. Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So you see, Jesus himself said, we have to go through him to get to God Almighty. And if you go through Jesus, it leads through the cross. It has to go through the cross of Calvary. So this is where our first question comes from. How shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? Okay, it seems like a straightforward question. If they don't believe, why don't they believe? Pride. Mm -hmm. A lot of it's pride. But how can you believe in something that you've never experienced? That's, what, that's the question that came to my mind. I can, I, I can sit here and I can say, CCSD has all brand new buses and they're no longer yellow, they're red. Would you believe me? No, because you haven't seen them. You might say, well, that kind of figures that's something they would do. <laughs> but you wouldn't believe me. Until you physically saw a red school bus, you would never believe it. I don't care how, how much you trust in whoever's running the country. You see, we got a lot of people out here putting all these commercials out about how bad this person is, how bad this person is for our economy. Yet, have they said anything about their own record? A couple of weeks ago in the morning devotion, I asked, or I challenged people, quit putting your trust in man. Man will fail you. Understand, this is faulty. God made us perfect in Adam. But here's reality, folks. There was only one, aside from Jesus Christ, before Jesus there was one man that was perfect on this earth, and he wasn't perfect that long. There's only been one perfect man ever to walk this earth from birth to death. And that's Jesus Christ. You can believe in anybody you want. But unless you believe in Jesus Christ. You will not see the gates of heaven. You will not visit paradise. That's reality. But how, how shall they call on him. If they haven't believed. The world wants Jesus taken out. We have preachers that are not preaching Jesus. Oh, if you go and you... Sister Lori, you deal with a lot of people in your job. If you're just nice to them, they'll come to Christ. <laughs> you know what? There's preachers that believe that and would tell her that. But I praise God for people like Sister Lori who stand on God's word that preach and teach and share their relationship with Jesus Christ. 
you see, you can share all your experiences. You can say, yeah, I'm saved. I'm a survivor of cancer. That's great. You're not saved. You see, this is why I ask the question all the time. If you were to die right now and come to the gates of heaven, and Jesus himself is standing out there, and he asks you, why should I let you into my kingdom? What would you tell him? There can only be one answer. I trusted you as my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Without Jesus, you cannot get in there. As a kid living by Disneyland, we always used to go through there, and this was way back. I'm going to date myself here, folks. That was back when they had the tickets on the rides. And the precious ticket was that e-ticket. Brother Jerry, do you remember those? Those e-tickets. Those were the scary rides. That was Space Mountain, folks. We would go out there after school. We'd get out of school, be riding our bikes home. We'd stand at that entrance gate as people were coming out. Hey, are you going to come back or are you going home? Oh, we're going home. What are you going to do with your tickets? We're going to throw them away. You see... Even though we had all these tickets to ride those rides, we still had to go through the ticket booth to get in to the Magic Kingdom. You know what? Jesus is waiting for you to take that gift. Him. He's waiting for you to accept himself. You see, preachers aren't preaching this. They're preaching feel-good messages. We have one that's great at, oh, I see prosperous things for you this year. Well, that's good. But what good is it for you to gain everything in this world just to lose your soul in eternity? Everything in this world passes away. You can't take it with you. I've never seen, and pastors said this, many preachers have said this, I've never seen a U-Haul in a funeral procession. Never. I've seen pickups. I've seen vans. I've seen station wagons. But all of them were empty. You can't take it with you. So what good is it to gain all this stuff only to perish? Over in Bangladesh, I noticed what these people were. They were sitting on old plastic chairs that they repainted. All of them wearing just sandals and everyday clothes that we might call rags. But yet every one of them had a smile on their face. Because they had something that not everybody else in the 180 million people have. They've got Jesus Christ in their heart. They have more riches in their heart than this world has ever seen. The next question was, 
How shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? People are called to speak. People are called to teach. People are called to do many things for God. And I have to believe, and I still believe to this day, that God is still calling young men and women to serve him. As a matter of fact, our first instruction or commandment, if you will, at the end of Matthew says, Go ye into all the world, teaching them whatsoever I've commanded you. Some are answering the call. Others are still sitting on their pew or sitting at home. We have little ones in there in the nursery that come sometimes. And I'm thankful for the women that go in there and take care of those little babies. Children's church every Sunday I see all these kids going to learn more about Jesus and the excitement on their face. I'm going to tell you, you want a rewarding experience? Teach our children. Because your reward is sitting right in front of you when they're smiling and you watch and see that little light go on saying, I get it! Jesus died on the cross for me. Jesus died on the cross for mommy and daddy. I know that I'm a sinner now. I know what sin is. And I know I need someone to take that sin away from me, Brother Steve. I can know Jesus personally. Brother Bill, how can you know Jesus personally? It's funny you should ask. Turn with me real quick over to Exodus chapter 3. One of the devotions that we had up there at Prescott Pines on Tuesday night was the night that Justin gave his life to the Lord. Justin heard the call. And I I want you to see something here. I shared this with the adult class during VBS. I shared it during that devotion time. And I want to share it with you now. Because I believe it still is happening today. You cannot, you can't show me anything that it's not happening today. And that is, beginning in verse number one, now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. Horeb, by the way, is Mount Sinai. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush, And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. 
And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. You see, when God calls somebody, he calls them by name. That night, when Justin went to pastor, he heard God say, Justin, I need you. Justin, I want you to accept me and live for me. Richard Osborne back there is getting ready to go take on a, a great thing in going to Bible college. He wants to surrender his life to the Lord. God called Richard to serve him. And we need to encourage him. We need to let him know that he's doing the right thing. He listened. Remember back with Samuel. In the middle of the night while he was sleeping, he heard someone call him, Samuel, Samuel, I need you. And he went running to Eli. <laughs> Eli said, no, I didn't call you. Go back to bed, go back to bed. And I'm paraphrasing, folks. I'm not quoting it. But this is the gist of what happened. He did this like two or three times. And finally, the last time, Eli said, next time you hear the voice, just say, Lord, here am I. So the next time, the Lord called him, Samuel. Samuel said, Lord, here am I. Use me. How many of us actually listen and hear that voice? You see, God is calling preachers. He's calling teachers. He's calling missionaries. Brother Randy texted me on Friday. And as we talked through our text and I explained just what went on on Friday or on Thursday night. He left me with words that I never thought I would ever hear. And I didn't realize just what I was doing. He said after I said every, everything that was done and he had some advice for me and his closing comment, his closing text said, congratulations, Bill. You are officially a missionary to Bangladesh. Never stepped foot there. Don't know what God has in store for me. They want me to come and visit there. Through the grace of God, through his will, I'll go. But that's, that's up to God. Right now, I'm going to serve God in Bangladesh over the internet. God called me to preach. God called me to take this into a lost world. And he's called each and every one that's ever accepted him into, into their heart. He said, go and share. 
these people have to hear the word of a preacher. I've sat here in this church and other churches listening to missionaries. <laughs> and there were times when I would just lean over to Holly and just kind of jokingly say, hmm, how would you like to go to Africa? They got snakes out there. <laughs> they got snakes here. <laughs> she hates snakes. I, all I ever wanted when I, if I thought that God wanted me to be a missionary, I said, God, I'll be a missionary. Just send me to Jerusalem. I want to go win your people for Christ. Here's reality. That was my will. That wasn't his. Until we listen to God call us, he will call us by name. It won't be audible, but God's going to get your attention. And he's going to say, Malachi, I need you. Or Josh, I need you. I got something for you to do. Are you listening? Are you willing to take that step? Will you answer the call? Finally, my second point, and I'm getting ready to wrap up because I don't want to keep us late tonight. And I'm a believer that I speak until God tells me to shut up. <laughs> Excuse that word, hush up. I'll, I'll change it. We must answer the call. And then we have to have faith or trust that God will work out the details. You see, when I surrendered my life here, this altar that day to preach I had visions of doing crusades and pastoring a church God had other visions for me it's great to dream but those dreams may not be what God has for you it's nice to wish but God's service is not a wish. You do what God wants you to do and you don't look back. Because I'm going to tell you, there are great blessings. The next day, Friday, after that class, I thought I was going to be so tired. I thought, man, I was trying to get off of work. I couldn't call in sick because I really don't have a lot of sick time left. So I trusted God. I said, God, you have got to keep me awake and get these kids to and from school safely. And he did. There was so much excitement in my heart over what I had just experienced that night before. I can't tell you the joy that was coming and welling up inside of me knowing that I'm being used of God in a way that I can only imagine. I never thought in my wildest dreams 
that I would ever be asked to teach anyone how to share Christ. But God's allowed me to do that. We can go back to our text. Verse number 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You see, we hear by the word of God. You don't know what God has in store for you unless you get into his word. You're never going to understand what God wants you to do. This morning, the devotion was about trusting God. It's what it was all about. You've got to have faith. When Brother Jerry goes out door knocking, he has faith that someone will listen and that God will keep him safe out there and that God will send him to the right door. You see, folks, people in this world are hungry for Jesus Christ. They see us walking through life with a joy and a happiness and a a confidence that nobody else in this world can ever experience until they kneel at the cross and accept the gift of God through His Son, Jesus Christ. You're alive today because of the grace of God. You are who you are because of the grace of God. And I'm going to tell you right now, you don't have to be some fancy, have some fancy doctorate or have a lot of money or be some fancy person to serve God. Moses went from being a pharaoh to being a shepherd to leading the children of Israel out of bondage because God had a plan for him when he was born in Egypt that day. When he was put into ark, into that ark and floated down that Nile River, you don't think God knew what, what was going on? God directed that ark in those bulrushes. God called Moses even in that ark. Joshua, in Joshua chapter 1, and this is going to be our final turning Joshua chapter 1, he's appointed to take over for Moses. Now after the the beginning in verse number 1, Joshua chapter 1. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan now, and all this people unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. 
when they were coming out of bondage, when Joshua and Caleb were sent and the other ten spies were sent into the promised land. And they came back and the others started, oh, it's a bad place, you don't want to go there. There's giants and they eat us and all this. Joshua and Caleb were the only two that told the truth. God used Caleb and other things, but look what he did for, for Joshua. Joshua, who had the desire and the determination to stand on God's word and on his promises and heard the call of God, led those people into the promised land. You know what? This world doesn't need to say Israel can be a state. That's a great thing. I'm glad the United Nations acknowledged it. But let's face it. Man doesn't tell God that he made the right choice. We should be saying, thank you God for your grace. We should be saying, thank you for everything that you've given to me. Not you owe me. Too many people say, I'll listen to God when God gives me what I deserve. That's pride, folks. And that pride is going to lead you straight to hell. I'm sorry, that's a harsh way to say it. But that's the truth. The truth is, you got one of two choices. You listen to the call of God. And you know the amazing thing here? And it's truly amazing. God calls us by name. And he introduces himself by name. I am. God, is that you? I am, folks. If he's calling you tonight... Maybe he's calling you to sing in the choir. Are you going to listen to him? Or are you going to say, God, I'll go when when I feel like it? Or are you waiting for a special engraved invitation? Can I tell you? Here's your engraved invitation. It says in here, follow me. It says in here, I need you to do something for me. But first, I need you to accept my gift. I need you to accept my son, Jesus Christ, and the sacrifice he made on the cross of Calvary. Because until you do that, I can't use you. So, assuming you've gotten that out of the way, Do as Joshua did. Do as Samuel did. Do as Moses did. Do as Pastor did. So many of us preachers did. Quit making excuses why you can't do it. And just do it. Because I'm going to tell you right now. There is no glorious blessing in doing what you want to do. The blessings come when you give it to God and you do what he wants. 
Joshua was called by God to lead Israel. Samuel was instructed, and he says, Here am I, Lord. Finally, Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know I am God. As we get ready to close, I was just, I've been thinking about our kids going to school. And I asked Erica this morning and a couple others how the first week of school went. And all of them said, oh, that went okay. Did it? Did everything you do please God? Did you do what God asked you to do? How about your work week? Did God lay someone on your heart or put someone in your path that maybe you should have witnessed to? And I don't mean, hey, do you know God? Do you love God? I mean, really talk to him. Because sometimes that person is hungry for what you have. You don't know until you talk to somebody. You don't know until you approach that person. They may be just looking for that person. They may be looking for you to tell them all about Jesus. But what happens if maybe you don't tell them and they go off? Maybe they get hit by a car, have an accident, slip in the bathtub and hit their head, and God takes them off this earth. Or they leave this mortal life. You didn't say anything. They wind up not going to heaven. Did you listen to that still, small voice? Be still and know that I am God. God reminds us every day that he's still in control. You get up every morning. You got up this morning. You're here in church tonight through the grace of God. Be still and know that I am God. God has so much for us if we would just listen. God has so much for us to do. And we're running out of time, folks. I truly believe that. We're at least 2,000 years closer to him, his return from when Paul spoke about it. Are you ready today? If God were to come through these doors, would you know him? If Jesus were to walk down that from those doors up this aisle and stand in front, would you know him? The Bible says, my sheep know my voice. Jesus is here with us tonight. He says, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am also. Let's get real. Let's get honest with God. Are we doing everything that we can do for God? Maybe God's got a mission for you to do. Maybe he wants you to go somewhere. I don't know what God's plans are for you. 
Every day is an adventure with God. And I'm going to tell you, it's one that I would not trade for any amount of anything in this world. Because he's never let me down. He's never, ever failed on any of his promises. And I'm seeing so many marvelous things. It's great. I'm on a mountaintop right now. Ask me when I'm in the next valley. Because I'm going to tell you, I've been in those valleys. And I still trust God. Because he's never let us down. When we've had nothing, God's been there. And he's there for you today. So today, two questions. As pastor gets ready to come up and close the service, Steve, you and Holly, come on up. Two questions I have for you. First question is, do you know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? If you were to die right now, breathe your last breath, you come up to the gates of heaven. Jesus himself is standing there. Why should I let you in? What are you going to tell him? There's only one answer he's going to accept. You can get that made assured today, tonight, before we leave, because you can go out those doors and be hit by a car and your life is done. If you don't know Jesus when that happens, when you leave this mortal coil, if you don't know Jesus... There's no other chance. It's done. You've made your choice. The other question is, is God calling you? Is he talking to your heart right now? Maybe he's got something, he's laid something on your heart that he wants you to do. Maybe he's just saying, I need you just to rededicate your life and put me first. If either of those questions are in your heart, or maybe there's someone you want to pray for, maybe there's a lost member in your family that maybe he's waiting for you to talk to him or a friend. If that's you tonight, come up and make that right. I ask God to give liberty to move tonight. Jesus is here tonight, and he's calling out. Pastor?